Does it have any flavor at all, or is it just... Uh, the, yeah, they come in their standard, you know, summertime flavors, mango, yeah, strawberry. Key, key lime pie. <laughs> no, these are just fruits. <laughs> okay. No, <laughs> not yogurts. <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode 59 of The Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your hosts, Michael, Anthony, and Stephen. Hello, my good sir. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I have a serious question for you. Go ahead. I drink a lot of bourbon. You know that. I talk about it on the show. I talk to you about it. We you, text about it. You have a podcast, right? Yeah. Do you have one too? No. Okay. Oh, it's just me. It's just you. Oh, man. <laughs> well... Uh, you know, we've been drinking so much bourbon. We've been talking about so much bourbon. And there was once upon a time to go in a way, way back land sometime last year where I remember you and Michael used to be talking a lot about seltzer. Mm. And I kind of rode the wave a little bit. I got into it. I, you know, I bought a couple packs here and there. But it's kind of fallen off. But as the spring approaches, I'm thinking about maybe picking up my, my seltzer game or thinking about alternative beverages. I'm glad you brought this up because okay. I've I've actually started to pregame a little bit for summer. Pregame, yeah. The temperature's been getting nice. The sun's been out. Yeah, I've been doing a little pregaming on my summer drinks. You take your shirt off, running around the yard. <laughs> I got score gold to start. There you, go, right? you got this twelve pack in your head running around with your shirt <laughs> off. <laughs> well, some of them are Apex. So, oh, Apex. Yeah. yeah, not my not my stomach, but the actual packs of the. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, I have. Three go-tos that I've been going to right now. Okay. I'm still on the Moscow Mule train that's from last year. So this is a ready, like ready to drink Moscow Mule in a can? No, I or I'm just make, making them? I'm okay. making these because I, gotcha. I, I think I have about two and a half cases of ginger beer in my refrigerator. Oh, nice. And that's two drinks per can. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> it's a race against time. <laughs> I've got a lot to catch up here. <laughs> the thing was is that, you know, you try to make your, your cocktails at home as cheap as possible. Oh, yeah. And so I found where they, the cheapest uh, ginger beer was being sold. Oh. So when I would go, I'd kind of clear them out. <laughs> but <laughs> You're I, the guy like hoarding the ginger beer. Yeah. I love it. So, <laughs> so this happened like late summer, and then we kind of got off the kick. So I have all this ginger beer that's just been stockpiled <laughs> in my refrigerator. <laughs> you know, if you ever, if I ever feel like making a Moscow Mule, I'm coming over here and oh, please, ginger beer. Please. <laughs> It's probably a date that those things go bad by. <laughs> so you got that as your one. What are the other ones? You said three go-tos. I'm okay, the other one is that somehow I got on the uh, the high noon kick. Mm. This is a um, our favorite word, RTD, ready okay. to drink. There you go. Uh, vodka-based seltzer. And so what is that? Does it have any flavor at all or is it just... Uh, the, yeah, they come in their standard, you know summertime flavors mango yeah, strawberry key, key lime pie <laughs> no these are just fruits <laughs> okay no, not yogurts <laughs> yogurts pies <laughs> yeah so those are good but those come in eight packs and okay. those are a little, those are a little pricey like what 15 18 bucks a, a pack so you're talking to a, a person over here that i first got into seltzers with you guys yeah. and now to my high noon so i'm talking like what kind of abv on those like those aren't that high i think the high noons are four and a half. Okay. What the white claws are five. Okay. Moscow mules are, are probably a little higher. Okay. So <laughs> depending on the day, the kind of day you want to have, that yeah. depends on yeah. what you're going to drink, right? <laughs> and so the last one, um, I, Michael, I talked about this last year. Yeah. But I picked them up and I do have to agree with them. The, I, I got the Tapo Chico seltzers. Oh, okay. And, and he always like bragged about 
you know, being the better of, I guess, the seltzers. Yeah. I have to agree that they go down smoother. It's a smoother back end base to it than just the flavoring and the alcohol. Mm -hmm. It is, I think, slightly less than 5%, but they go down real smooth. They don't have a bad, like, aftertaste. I think because it says alcohol on it instead of instead of the alcohol from the sugar. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit different, but I, got you. I, would, I would pick them up. I think I'm going to have to try those because I went off the kick for a little bit. And then now when it comes to things that I'm going to drink outside of bourbon, yeah. uh, it mostly has been trying to experiment with cocktails. Mm-hmm. But then also I got like a little bit of my old, uh, you know, hankerings back there. Started drinking some IPAs recently. Nice. And I don't know how else to explain it. When it comes to IPA, I like the stuff that's so hoppy and dry that it's like, that's as soon as you take a sip, your whole mouth just goes no. like puckered in. That's the kind of stuff. Or it has to be like that, that newer style, that really juicy, like uh, fruit flavored, like grapefruity mm-hmm. floral kind of IPA. I don't know what they refer to that as. I'm not a beer expert, but... Um, so you like your IPAs like I like my espressos. Ah. <laughs> like double shot and you want, you want double hops. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> it's funny when I see all those cans, they're like light IPA. And I, I can't remember where I was at. Gosh, it was a long time ago. I think I was out... Uh, I was visiting a friend in California. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were drinking like the, the Pliny the Elder, which is like one of the... Uh, Russian River is one of their better IPAs. It's amazing. And so I think at the time we saw like one of those light IPAs somewhere. You know how they have those now? Yeah. So it was like, you know, get all the great taste and you know, only 3% alcohol like the, the session beer. And I was like, who wants 3%? that? Something like that. And he was like, he just looked at me and he's like, well, maybe some people want to enjoy their drink, don't want to get all messed up. And I was like, <laughs> it just seems like a waste to me, man. Like it was pretty funny. So, but I'm revisiting some of my craft beer days recently. Here. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of going for. And, and I still have all those winter beers that I've got too that I collected. Oh, no. I may have to, I know some of them can stay, but some of them may, I may just have to man up and drink them during the summer to <laughs> make sure they don't go to waste. I remember vaguely talking about that one time how you're the guy that has the winter beer left over. Yeah. And if I'm cutting the grass, I'm going to be coming over. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into the hotter season, I guess taking your bourbon match the weather is a little difficult unless you had ice uh yeah i would think so i mean a lot of people like to cool it down in the Mm -hmm. summer and i mean we always talk about like the summer's around the corner even though you know we just we just got into spring here but the thing is is we all know once it gets hot here in kentucky it stays hot yeah Um, we usually don't see a lot of up and down so we kind of miss seasons some sometimes here and there but yeah not against use a little ice i mean I mean, what's your favorite kind of ice to use, like on when you're drinking bourbon, like ice ball, ice cubes? Yeah, I think I enjoy the ice ball. Okay, the shaved ice. I don't know if I like it as much as for like a bourbon because it just melts too fast. Yeah, it does seem to water down too quickly. I mean, if you're drinking something else, yeah. I mean, if you're drinking a cocktail, I like shaved ice and yeah. stuff like that because I think it evolves pretty quickly. Or like a crushed ice, that's my favorite with cocktails. Mm-hmm. But man, when I'm just having some bourbon. Adding a little water, I guess, to bring it down a little bit or to, to cool, cool an ice cool ball. Cool it down. I was talking to my neighbor about, you know, he, he's using the ice ball. Okay. And I just happened to mention him. I was like, oh, great. You're, are you, you're putting them in like a gallon size bag to like, you know, stockpile them. Like, yeah. No, that's a great idea. I was like, oh, there you go. You, you got to see. Yeah. And did you just come up with that now? Or no. you just thinking like, or do you have an, you have a bag of uh, ice? In the- you know, I used to, but then I kind of, I think I cleaned it out a couple of years ago. Okay. I think I, I don't even have an ice ball anymore. I, need, uh, I think I just need to remake some. 
Well, that's the thing. If you don't have one of those, like, have you seen now they have like professional, like a, like a ice maker that'll make ice balls for you and stuff. And then they have these other ones that are like $700. You like put the ice there and it's metal and it just makes the perfect ice ball. You've seen all that stuff. I think I'd rather buy a bottle than waste it on ice. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're really into your ice balls, you might really that. want that, right? I don't know about that. But you're right. You do need to put them in a bag because if you don't, like everybody's been in that situation before where not, you don't have a whole mess of ice molds, right? So it's not like you're going to make 50 at one time. Yeah. And when you, when you want them, people are going to be over. Exactly. So you just need to have, especially in the summertime, have them ready. Yeah, ready what happens go. if you have like eight guests over and, and they you all have want like, like two bourbon ice? Yeah, like, ah, hold on. Oh, hold on. Yeah, hey, <laughs> let me uh, go over and fill us up. We'll have another ice ball for you in four hours. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen at my house down the road and I'll be in trouble. Before we get started tonight, we had two reviews this week. Each one is from one of our nationalities. Really? Yes. Oh, come on. So... The first one is from Greek Gamecock. Woo, that sounds sexy. <laughs> I have a feeling this person's from South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm thinking it's a dead giveaway. And I said, if it's not my brother, then it's got to be his buddy because yeah. uh, I know they both listen. So whichever one of you it is, cheers. And then the second one is Italian Vilch. Oh, there you go. There you go. Represent. Do you know who that is? is I that do one? not. Okay. Could be a friend or family member. Uh, yep. From anywhere. Yeah. So thank you guys, and if you like a shout out, just leave us a review in Apple Podcast, and next time we record, we will give you a shout out. It sounds great. I think the reason why we got Greeks and Italians on there is because we we talk so much about our we're so. proud of our heritage. You <laughs> I know? feel like they should just they that's should right. represent. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Anthony, for this week, we have a bottle of Willet Family Estate bottled small batch rye. Wow, that's a mouthful. So this one comes to us from the Willet Distillery. We've talked about them before, right? Um, formerly Kentucky Bourbon Distillers. The bottle date is 2021. Uh, ABV is 52.5 or 105 proof. The age is stated at four years old. The mash bill is 11% corn, 74% rye, and 15% malted barley. And the MSRP is... $55. Now, we put the a, the bottle as 2021. I cannot remember when I bought this, to be honest with you. And I tried researching it because the proof on this is the 105. And recently, it's been more towards the 110, 112 range. But I don't feel like it's older than 2019. Yeah, that's the I, thing. I don't know where this... I just don't know what age this is. And there's no laser code on this. There's no copyright date on any of the labeling so i don't really know how old this is yeah this bottle uh, the way it looks has been the same for quite a while and so you're right i haven't seen one recently as a very good point um this low that is that low so i'm actually kind of excited because i don't know that i've ever seen a proof that low on one of their batched regular products that you can get on the shelf so this is a interesting as far as uh, catching your eye, this bottle is definitely going to catch your eye because you don't really see the Willet wine bottle on the shelf much at all. That's correct. So when you see it, you know. Yeah, and, and the rye one here that we have, the label is like kind of like a little bit more of a cream color, mm-hmm. I would say, rather than if you see and it, and it has like a, a green foil um, neck, neck tag that yeah. we're going to talk about because Willet's become synonymous with the you know you hear people say, i want some purple tops right <laughs> because they're all after the bourbon but um this uh is probably their you know easily one of the most recognizable bottles when you see it just because it's become almost uh, iconic in a short amount of time and the as far as the label and then the 
the proof uh, bottle name, is that all the same for all their vertical in this? Or the only way you can tell the difference is just the color on top or does the seal on the front change? Um, as far as I know, the seal does not change. Uh, I think that the, that the way you can usually identify, uh, I'd say, more a more rare version of a Willet is they're usually hand-numbered on the back. Okay. And um, they're really early bottles. They had wax tops um, and things of that nature. So, But, yeah, it's not going to look a whole lot different. In fact, I have seen people routinely online, somebody will take a picture and say, anything good to grab here? And the picture is fuzzy, but you can't see a Willet in the picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so everybody automatically asks, like, what's what's the front of that label say? Does it have a barrel number? Is it a single barrel? I mean, for this one being the rye, I think when they first bottled this, it was only a two-year-old product. Then they bottled a three-year-old. And then they sort of settled on four as their standard release. I think they've been releasing that since like 2017, maybe 18. Okay. Yeah. This is, and this bottle is pretty common on the shelves around here. You can usually walk into, I mean, I, I see a Kroger all the time. Yeah. It's just sitting there. They don't have many of them, but there's a couple of them that always seem to be there on the shelves. Yeah. Everyone does seem to have it. And, um, it still catches your eye every time you see it. Like, oh, yeah. I always get fooled by it. I was yeah, like going up, like looking at it. I'm like, like, oh, oh, it's just four years. I was like, okay, <laughs> but yeah, it's true. In some states, you don't see it um, sitting on the shelves like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know that they have distribution in every state, but um, it is, it's far more common. If if you're going to be somewhere out of state and you're going to see Willits on the shelf, it's usually going to be one of these. This is a power play here by them because we previously talked about how companies put out their nicer products. They put them in the simple wine bottle. Yep. Here we have a four year old bottle. That's in a wine bottle. Yeah. So it's got high high expectations to... Uh, exactly. I always say that even though the wine bottle, we've talked about it in past episodes, is being pretty simple, it's very classy. And, and it's elegant. Be- yeah. yeah, it's become sort of a symbol of quality, if you will. Well, should we go for our first notes? All right, I'm getting the basic uh, caramel vanilla out of this. Yeah, definitely caramel, for sure. But then I'm getting something that is just pretty powerful in it. And um, I'm getting raisin. Raisins, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can pick up some some raisins for sure. I think that I'm in the fruit category over here. I'm picking up a little apple as well. I I agree with the apple. Pretty interesting because, you know, usually when you start to get toward the higher, this is a high rye, right? They call this a a low rye mash or the high rye. I think this might be the high rye. This is is 74. So that's a high one. Yeah, Yeah. So usually when you get close to a high rye, you get a lot of, I wouldn't say fruit notes are the first things that pop into my head right but it doesn't have that that mint that i'm not really getting much mint that sometimes some of the the rise have the high rise right yeah no if it's there it's masked pretty well it's masked behind yeah more of like there's a little bit of ethanol yeah. not gonna lie but, but for you, 105 it's, it's yeah, pretty low and yeah definitely doesn't send the nostrils kind of it's kind of like a like a holiday spice i'm also getting a I think a new note that I haven't got before. What's that? It's kind of a pulpy wood. Like, ah, it's not char, but it, t- yeah. it smells young. Yep. But I'm getting wood, but it's wet wood, but I think it's more of a pulpy wood. That's a really good way to describe it because I was just saying holiday spice, but I think you really hit the nail on the head. So it's like a fresh cut saturated wood. Um, it's kind of the way yeah. that I would. Yeah. yeah. So that pulp. Yeah. For sure. So while we're um, nosing this, I was thinking about all the stuff that, that is going on at Willet. So I think I mentioned in a previous episode, I'd only been there one time, and it was because I had fast fingers one day, and I was able to pick up one of their limited bottles. Where is it at? So it's like real close to Heaven Hill. It's like pretty much like... I don't think I've been there. 
Okay, so it's I've in, in the Heaven in Hill, Bardstown area right yeah. there. And when you're close, like you can see Heaven Hill before you see like this, like this tucked away entrance that you got to go in as Willet, and you kind of drop the hill. I mean, it's really beautiful and picturesque mm-hmm. type distillery. And I mean, honestly, I thought it'd be a bigger outfit. I didn't realize it that it's still pretty small. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it got Rick House's bunch of stuff aging, but they, I'm not sure how long it's been open, but they have has featured the bar at Willet. I wish it was open the day I was there. I was just there to pick up a bottle and it was in the middle of COVID. So that wasn't good. But um, I have some friends who have been there and they say that the, it's not just about the experience of being able to drink some really classic and rare Willet stuff, but it's about the food they serve there. It's supposed to be like a five-star restaurant. Now, is this, did they expand this during COVID? I think so. Okay, so it's one, like every other distillery, they just put massive money into their their distillery while uh, COVID was going on. I'm pretty sure because, see, this is where I get in trouble with like the hardcore Willet heads that are like, they know everything there is to know about Willet. I'm not one of those people. But I remember seeing an email or something about them opening the bar at Willet. And then since then, I've seen friends go there, and I'm always jealous of the stuff they're posting. I mean, the pictures of the food look, look awesome. I mean, probably go there, one of those places that every bit of the eight pounds that I lost would come right back on <laughs> in, in five minutes. <laughs> that sounds like a nice place. I think I've seen some pictures on Instagram about it. Yeah. I was like, damn, that looks really nice. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of all the fun we've made out of the pot still reserve that they may not ever let us in there. If we ever showed up there and we were like trying to get in, they were like, those guys are the ones that make fun of the Postal Reserve. <laughs> get them out of here. So No, I mean, those uh, those 1.75 liter bottles of Postal make would probably make great lamps. <laughs> they would, you're yeah, right. Just, empty, just go ahead and open them up and just empty dump them. Yeah, just dump it. And, <laughs> dump everything and just, out. just uh, clean it out and then All make right. a nice lamp out of it. Before we get carried away here. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go for our first taste? Let's do it. I heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> you still picking up those nah, raisins? I'm still picking up raisins. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. So I mentioned this to you, and it just hit me full circle right now. So we didn't smell a whole lot of mint. Still? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> God. Thank God I didn't get pot still. I got blasted with, like, eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. Yeah. Damn. Like massive amounts of like, and I don't taste that very often, like that strong in a rye. So you know how there's some people like generically say it's mint. No, this is straight like eucalyptus um, with the raisin that you're talking about. I'm getting raisin and I'm, and I'm getting like a super juicy raisin. Like it's weird. I can feel the texture in my mouth. I'm just getting chewing on it. Pop. There's something else in there. I don't know if it's the, I mean, I assume it's the eucalyptus and I'm just, I, I know what it smells like, but. Mm. I can't place it. I'm having a hard time remembering, too, what I was thinking about when I was tasting this, but I definitely know that that mint is dominating the back end of the palate to me. Um, it drinks easy for 105. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some heat in the back. Yeah, but, but it's kind of almost a sweet. It's got a nice finish. It's got a nice finish, and it's nice, and it's kind of almost got a sweetness. It's, it's not that, like it's that, a, that raisin that's, like, that's in there. Yeah. No, it is, really. I mean, I'm not used to this, like I said, again, you know, this high rye having that, that fruit forward kind of nature to it i think the finish is all minty uh woody kind of i, I doubt this would translate but I think if you made some raisin bread and you made a glaze with this oh yeah i'm sure it would all burn out and be the most expensive glaze ever <laughs> <laughs> but kind of like a rum cake you know yeah you know you might get a couple of those those notes come over i don't know anything about making a glaze either, so but... it does sound like it'd be good though i had a moment the other day i was cooking a steak and i thought to myself like I wonder if it made like a bourbon butter glaze and I put it on here, what it would mm. taste like. And I was like, how would I even make that glaze? I have no idea. 
Mouthfeel wise, this is not like as thick as some of no, the rice I've had. It's kind of thin, thin, but it's uh, it still tastes complex though. Yeah, this is our fourth Builder product, correct? Yeah, that's right. I had to think about that for a second. So they are pot still. Yep, pot this, still. Blackened. Yep, and, and then, Noah's Mill. I always yeah. forget that one. Noah's Mill is the other one. Yeah. So I'm thinking back on the track record. If we're thinking about. I mean, obviously, you guys don't need to know. Pot still was a straight pass for everybody, and we've made fun of it nonstop ever since. And mm-hmm. it's even gone a step further. Every time we see somebody post online that they're excited <laughs> that they got it, we automatically text each other and say, "Look at this poor guy um, uh, or gal," you know. And then uh, I think on the Noahs, I think we we uh, tried it. Yeah, so I think on the black, and I think we were all kind of surprised on it, and we I think most of us bought it. Yeah, I think so. I think we, I'm trying to remember if it was a straight sweep. I think it was by, yeah, yeah, all the way across. And so this one would be the... That's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. pretty tasty. Yeah. And I'll just go ahead and say that I've been drinking uh, the Willet Rye for quite a long time. I remember the first time I ever got a bottle of this was the probably our two or three year version. I think it was actually two. And at that time, I remember it tasting very zest forward and very like orange. Okay. Yeah, and like those kind of notes, which I've gotten from Rise before, and uh, actually bought a bottle for my brother. I remember and gave it to him, and he said he liked it too. Um, but you know, that's how long. That's probably been since 2015, maybe. Was that Greek Gamecock? I don't know. Okay, yeah, we can't tell. Like I said, it's one or the other. Yeah. I didn't bother to ask. I should have asked. I could have just show prep, man. Show prep. There you go. Show prep. Damn. So, Anthony, would you pass, try, or buy? On the Willett Family Estate Bottled Small Batch Rye. All right. So this is going to be fairly straightforward for me. I really like this bottle when it used to cost between 40 and $45. It was a steal to me at that price point. Now that it's crept up to $55, sometimes you can still find it discounted for like $49.99. Yeah. So I'm going to be a buy actually on this. And I'm a buy only if you're right at $50. If this mm-hmm. thing starts creeping up to like 60, 70 bucks, unfortunately for it, it will have punted itself out of <laughs> any consideration for me because there's just so many good rise that are under 50 bucks. Yeah. And so for me, that's a cutoff. I think this is a really solid serviceable rye and I know it's going to create a little bit of controversy in the little, little small, small bourbon circles that I run in because I know a lot of friends that do do not like this at all. You know, coming into this, uh, I always heard some not bad things, but like kind of negative things towards this this four year rye. That it's kind of clouded up my judgment a little bit because just what I was going to expect out of it. But it is in the bottle, the wine bottle. So yeah, they have it has that for going for. Does it. it make you feel good having it on the shelf? Actually, does. There you go. See, yeah, that, that's sim- just a simple classic bottle. It's like yeah, it looks very regal. In yeah, the, in the kind of in the back back row, and something you can talk about instantly. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the basically everything you said. Okay, I, I think I would be a buy on this at the lower price than the point. I, you know, sadly, I think I think this bottle ended up costing me like sixty three dollars. Really? I think I, I specifically remember this because I at the time I think I was texting you guys and or maybe you guys didn't reply and I went ahead and bought it. And then, and then I found out I kind of overpaid for it. Do you remember where you overpaid for it? Kroger. Kroger. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say total wine. No, no. no. <laughs> I can't give you any ammo for that. Oh man. All right. Yeah. I mean, 
it kind of gives you a unique taste of raisin. Like we haven't yeah. really come across that yet. Well, I think I can't remember what week was it one or two weeks ago. I picked it up on something, but it wasn't as strong as this by no means. It was mm-hmm. like an afterthought almost. It was almost like, I think I might be tasting that with this. It's like, it's right there in your face. Oh, it's right there. And it's, yeah. it's nice because you, you taste it, but you taste it with the 105 proof. Mm-hmm. It's got some heft behind it. it got a little heft yeah. behind it. And it just has a nice finish. Nothing burny. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think it's a, I think it's a nice drink. I, I agree. I like, um, I like uh, a rise that have that minty finish as well. That's like something that I actually look for in rise. I mean, sometimes you get rise tasting all different kind of ways. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, usually what the secondary grains are, are and how long it's been aged and things like that. But it's, uh, this is, this is pleasurable. I can't say I did have one of these recently. I'm trying to remember who that was. I think I bought one from the depot, giving the depot all kinds of shout outs. Somebody <laughs> bought one and said, I hate it. So I got it for like 35 bucks drank that sure and it was Damn, tasty. That's a good price yeah and it was it was it was really good but i think this one at the lower proof is actually better um that oh, really one, i think that one was like 110.2 okay. or something like that maybe 110.4 and uh yeah at this lower proof i like it actually better a whole lot and um makes me wonder about the variation too that's the other thing like <laughs> yeah you know if i tasted this a long time ago and i remember zest and stuff like that now i'm tasting it tastes like this 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 thing's going to evolve and of course you and i have tried i think it was a seven-year rye right yes and that was fantastic yeah that was good that was actually my first uh besides pot still many years ago that was actually my first real willet experience that's true yeah and uh, and i came away from it very very pleased there you go i remember that one being a lot more like caramel forward mm-hmm. though and Almost like and it was a lot higher proof, one twenty, one thirty. Yeah, yeah. It was bottled at higher proof, yeah. yep, for sure. So that's interesting. So I think right now, like you know, we're gonna we're we're bucking the system a little bit. People love their will of bourbon. They talk crap about the rye, but it looks like we're giving the rye a vote of confidence. Can, yeah. Considering we hit the black end with the Madeira cask finish. Now, of course, this is all is all on this one hundred five proof bottle. I don't know what the you know the newer ones are. Yeah. Uh, are the newer ones since they're higher proof? Uh, are they the same price? I mean, I know it's very, it's just five, yeah. five or six points higher, but yeah, I mean, they've all been the same price. They're all under the same skew. So okay. as far as I know, they're all, okay. yeah. Finish up tonight. A little interesting Kentucky legislation that happened. I know we're not going to get political here. Oh, of course not. But, um, I think it was house bill 500 that has passed or is very close to passing. Oh no, it definitely passed. And I will start off and tell you, I know absolutely nothing about this other than the fact that, I have heard initially from a small store owner, a big store employee, uh, a couple other people that know what they're talking about. And they've all said that, yes, in the short term, all well and good. But will this make the distilleries have more control over the product to the point where they cut back barrel picks Mm. for groups and for retail and cut back bottles because now they can sell more of their stuff at the distillery. And so, why even go through distribution and have it to the retail shops, right? Well, let's step back for a second. So yeah. I believe House Bill, if it is 500, before when when distillers did picks, they had to go through basically a major store or an outfit to do it, correct? Yeah, like so if we're going there as a group, we got to go there with um, you know some entity that's able to get us the bottles. Right. We, I don't think we can just go in there as, you know, Joe Smo, Joe Smo, yeah, and say, yeah, I just want to. I would like a barrel of your finest whiskey, sir. So, 
now, since this is past, uh, Joe Smo, yeah, with his uh, with his million dollars, mm. can go in there and say, uh, "I want to do barrel pick," and he can invite himself or a couple people or a whole group, and they can do the pick, and they can sell to him directly. I think so. Yeah, yeah. The way that I understood it, that's the way it's going to happen. So, what it, it basically does, went from a big store could do picks to individuals could do picks. Yeah, and so it, again, you know, it's going to sound like. Or on the side of someone here, and the bottom line is, I have I have little knowledge of how this actually impacts us. Remember, like uh, we're, we're, this is not going to affect we, us. Yeah, we're the novice people. <laughs> so the only way it's going to affect us, if it if it comes down to it, is that if it does affect retail, um, then it's going to ultimately affect us because it's already hard enough to get certain kinds of bottles, and mm-hmm. if it affects retail that much, then it'll get worse. But a lot of bourbons being made. You know, we always talk about if the bubble could or couldn't burst. I don't know. I don't think it will in the short term. Yeah. But it's interesting to think about. So I don't know. Yeah, be interesting. Like you said, I didn't think about the, you know, the thing. They're already. I think right now distilleries are having a hard time, you know, getting groups and places picks. Right. It's it's kind of a backlog. Uh, I think there's always been a backlog, but I think it's been exacerbated by the, the glass shortage. And then, like, I, I'm not sure what else. Like, the other thing that I was talking to people about the other day was the fact that, you know, a lot of these picks when people used to make them, whether it was at Wild Turkey or Four Roses or whatever, they were always, like, 10 year or above an age. Mm-hmm. Now even, like, Knob Creek, Russell's, a lot of places, like, 8- and 9-year-old, barely 10-year-old stuff. And so it seems like the picture getting younger too, which is also kind of strange. Which is also crappy. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of weird things. And then like, think about this, like just to give you a comparison, I don't know if one affects the other, cause I really don't know how the, the, the distribution works, but heaven Hill has been releasing. They've been doing a good job too of releasing like a lot of limited product at the distillery. They give a heads up. They, people come and wait in line and everything. But if they release like say, uh, 100 bottles of old Fitzgerald 16 year at the distillery, those bottles ultimately probably would have went somewhere else. They probably have been on a truck okay. ship somewhere and there would have been more people that could have got their hands on them other than people that go put their lawn chairs down in front of heaven Hill <laughs> and wait to go sell them for, you know, five to $600 on the secondary market, which not everybody does that, but a lot of people do. And so that's where the lining up is happening and the end user the retail people, the regular people like us, you know, mm. were the ones that might in the end suffer from this because less balls of distribution means, means what it means. Less balls in stores. Yeah. Be really interesting though. If like someone came into the game and they went as an individual, is this a business idea coming up? <laughs> no, come on. And, uh, yeah, they went and picked some fantastic bottle and then they started only selling it on secondary. Well, somehow word got out and it happens. It, yeah. And some sort of like unicorn bottle that someone found yeah. <laughs> and it started going bonkers on secondary. Well, you know what? Um, that, and it was like the thing to get because no stores could, you couldn't get it in the stores. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I see what you're like saying. Like it was like a private stock pick. Okay. From, I, I mean, I'm sure there's people with names that would know how to pick. Like let's say Fred Minnick did this. Yeah. And he went private stock pick and then started selling secondary. Oh yeah. See now I don't think, I don't think, Fred, I don't think he's not going to do that. I'm yeah, just throwing, it, I'm just throwing the it. name of someone that people yeah. know the name of. Well, you know where that happens the most right now? Yeah. It happens with all these different sticker and wax jobs and everything that people do. So, you know, 
somebody somewhere will go pick a welder foolproof and it's not enough to just have a welder foolproof it's got to have like wax tops and you know picture of joe biden on it saying derogatory things the next thing you know that's on that's on secondary for like it can ha- it can have know. the i did this sticker on it yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> four or five hundred dollars for that premium for that stuff so like it's funny like i hope it would get to a point where it'd be actually good whiskey right it would yeah. just be like a sticker and a wax job that gets you extra money on that kind of market if if that's what your end goal was but yeah at the end of the day i said it, i said it before i'll say it again you know we just want to drink it. Just leave us alone, you know? And with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mashup KY. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, keep it neat.